We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome in to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by FanDuel. It is Friday, November 3rd, 2017. DJ Trainer here joined, as always, by Shannon McEwen and Ken K-Train-Kreitz. If you want to, you can follow us on Twitter at TrainerDJ, at RotoShannon, and at Ken Kreitz. More importantly, though, than following us on Twitter, on Twitter, Uh, You can find this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Please feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. You know that we'd love to have it. Here's the breakdown of today's show. This isn't a spoiler alert. It's what we do every Friday. We're going to go over some top news. Ken is going to lead us in that. We're going to go over our broad topic for today, which is the guys we think that you should sell high on. If you could potentially trade these guys right now, you might get a little more value than they'll actually end up being worth when the end of the season actually comes around. We'll go into Ken's crazy old man rants, and then like always, we'll finish things off with our Friday FanDuel picks. Ken, get us started here. Well, bad news out of L.A., um, Larry Nance, who was probably playing the best hoops of his professional career, brief career be it, but uh, has got a broken thumb last night in the loss to Portland and is expected to miss all of November. 
Uh, gentlemen, what does this mean for uh, the other Laker power forwards? Well, it's Julius Randle all the way, right? But Lonzo Ball and, um, you know, Lonzo Ball and uh, Nance, of course. <laughs> Jeez, I can't believe I just forgot his name. Nance, of course, had developed this awesome chemistry, just where Nance will just stand somewhere close to the basket, Lonzo will make things happen for him, and Nance will have this amazing field goal percentage that has vaulted him up the the current season rankings. And so I was snatching him up everywhere because he was scoring, you know, 16 to 20 points a night on a regular basis, shooting 70, 80%, which is incredibly valuable. Um, another one of those guys we're going to talk about, Clint Capella shooting 70% from the floor. And that helps you out so much in one category. It's, it's so incredibly nice. I'm not so certain that Julius Randle can step in and necessarily take on that role right away because they're just different types of players. Julius Randle, as a team, X's and O's standpoint, is better off leading a second unit when Lonzo Ball is on the sideline. So, the so what I think, what I think you're leading to. The Kyle Kuzma hype train, huh? I suppose that that's entirely possible, but he's already been seeing a lot of minutes to begin with. I'm not so sure if they're going to run him out even more. Yeah, essentially, I look at this as it's going to clear up some of the... It's going to firm up the Lakers rotation. Lakers have been running deep, like, tanny 11-man rotations, and it's been hard to really peg the amount of minutes everyone's going to play when you've got Nance, Kuzma, Lopez, uh, Randall all mixed in, and then their guard rotation. I mean, you've got, got guys like Josh Hart seeing 15 minutes a game and, and Clarkson only playing 19. So it, it's been a really weird rotation, and they've gone deeper than I would have expected. Um, now it's going to shorten up some, and that's good for, for Julius Randall. I think Julius Randall owners are really the ones that are going to benefit the most. And that's because they probably used a mid-round pick on Randall or, or mid-to-latter-round to pick. Nance, guys like Nance or Kuzma, you were taking flyers on them much later in the draft than you were Randall. So if you still have Randall on your roster, you're the one who's going to benefit. Yeah, that's the thing is that I always say this, but it always bears repeating in every single podcast that minutes played is the most important stat in fantasy. And that while even though Julius Randall is a different type of player than Larry Nance, if he's going to be on the court longer, he's going to see a bump in production and value, yada, yada, yada. One, one I, other I tell you, guy. I'm so impressed with Kyle Kuzma's ability to get his own shot. Like That's He true. just had he had a sweet baseline move. I don't know if it was on Vonley or somebody last night that they showed three or four times. And I was like, that's like a five-year pro move. That was like a Lou Williams, I've been in this league forever uh, move. And then you see, then you look at his face again, and you're like, oh my, he's, he's 14 years old. And yet he's pulling off veteran plays. I, I, I do worry, though. I mean, to your point about they moving Randall to kind of sixth man, does Randall fit in well with these other pieces or not? I, I, there's concerns there just because he does like to control the ball, but I'm honestly not that worried about it. I mean, Nance wasn't out there popping a bunch of three-pointers or anything. He was, he was setting screens, cutting to the rack. That's why he was shooting over seven. That's why he was shooting 62% from the floor. It, it's just because he was getting easy bunnies. Randall can do that. I mean, yes, he's probably more effective with the ball in his hands, but he can set screens and roll. I'm not, I'm not that worried about it. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's, he's going to be better than he's been up to this point. And he's actually, Randall's still produced on a permanent basis at, at a decent clip. So you got to be happy if you're a Randall owner. 
I can understand why you'd ask that, though, Ken, but by no means is this a Jalil Okafor situation where this particular <laughs> player has talent, but he doesn't fit in with the young core moving forward. It's not like that. They're, they're going to figure things out, and Randall's going to be, I think, a pretty nice piece for this team moving forward. And, and one I'm, guy- I'm glad you mentioned Okafor. Where do you guys see, is, is, you know, is Philadelphia going to give him a buyout, or are they so concerned about the Celtics picking up that Okafor does not move on? They just bury him on the bench, and he bitches all, no, all year. No, they don't care where he goes. He could go anywhere, and it wouldn't make a difference to them. Yeah, they don't care where he goes. They just want to get something from him for him. I, I mean, basically, the GM already came out and told him, or, or a quote from Okafor was like, "We're not gonna." The GM told him, "We're not gonna give you up for nothing." So as long as they get something in return, and it might end up being like a second round pick, they're gonna trade him. It just. It might not happen anytime soon. Right, and by not picking up his option, it might actually make him more valuable in trades because teams won't feel like they're stuck with him for a year and a half. They just want to try him out for a couple months' basis. So by not picking up his option, might have actually boosted his trade value. Now, before we move on from the Lakers, one guy we didn't really mention much is Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez has actually seen his minutes drop considerably since he joined the Lakers. He's going to see a good uptick here, too. I think we're going to see more minutes from him because the Lakers ran smaller lineups with Nance and Kuzma and Randall and combinations of those three, um, with one of them taking the center position over giving Brooke Lopez, you know, 30 minutes per game you'd expect. Um, he had a really big game last night, probably his best game of the season to date. So I think we'll see him benefit considerably. All right. All right. All right, gentlemen. Uh, news out of Houston. Coach Mike D'Antoni said he hopes to have Chris Paul back in two weeks. He also mentioned he didn't really have any additional info on the injury, so this might just be wishful thinking. How scared are you guys getting about Chris Paul uh, and or the situation in Houston? I'm not scared because I, I, in my mind, um, with most kind of like superstars that join forces, I usually give them the first 30 games of the season before Uh, I start judging them and saying what's wrong with them and whether or not it's going to work out. So we're still falling within that 30-day window. It just so happens that an injury is involved. Um, So, you know, as as long as they're humming along by the all-star break and seem – and things seem like they're gelling or there's an opportunity or a lane for them to gel in some kind of playoff format, um, then I, I won't be worried. So the answer is a hard no for me, Shannon. I, I'm in the same boat. I actually believe this injury probably wasn't all that serious, and they're just being cautious um, given Chris Paul's you know, status on the team, what he means to their future and his age. If it were the playoffs, for instance, I wouldn't have been surprised if he played through it. Um, I have no inside knowledge uh, of what the injury actually details. That's just how I feel about it. I don't believe it's actually serious and that in two weeks when he comes back, he's going to be 100% and there's no no cause for concern. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, bad news out of Cleveland. Kristen, or Tristan Thompson has been ruled out for a month per Yahoo Sports. Thompson left Wednesday's loss to the Pacers with a calf strain, uh, did not return to that game. Further testing on Thursday revealed a serious injury that will leave him sidelined through the month of November. I assume this means more minutes and stats for Love and the Boss Man, which, by the way, is the new porn title coming out on Rotowire Video next month. Thoughts on the big man status in Cleveland? We just need a moment of silence for that for that reference there. <laughs> I loving the boss man. You know, it's easy to say Kevin Love, but that guy was getting his minutes and he has this role. I'm kind of wondering if perhaps, you know, Love solidifying his spot as the true center on this team. You know, they were going Tyron Lue was going back and forth 
um, with whether or not Love was going to play more power forward or center. We're tracing out Love is the center. He just has to be, which means for me that might open up more consistent playing time for somebody like Jay Crowder, somebody who they really wanted to come in right away and be the stretch four um, with Love at center, and they wanted that to work, but for whatever reason it, things didn't get off to a hot start. Now they're forcefully going to have to try it out. So it's not a direct you know center for center or power for, for power forward for power forward comparison here. I think uh, with Love shifting down, that means the next guy kind of sliding in or shifting down as well might have more value. For me, um, Jay Crowder is the big winner here, if you will. Yeah, Jay Crowder is absolutely the winner. He was playing twenty. He's played twenty five minutes per game. There's going to be an uptick there. Um, Love actually, surprisingly, Love's only played thirty minutes per game, which is pretty low for him. He averaged almost thirty two each of the past two seasons with Cleveland. I think we're going to see him play closer to thirty four or thirty five with with Thompson out. Um, so he is going to get a nice boost and might, might be able to eclipse 20 points for the first time since 2013, 14 season. Um, he's averaging a solid 18 and a half, 11 and a half right now with a couple threes. I think we're going to see pretty considerable improvements from love where he, where he goes from like a third round value to top 25 value. Sure. Um, just because of this injury And, and then Crowder, but Crowder's the guy on the waiver wire who you'll see, you know, who could be available and impact your fantasy league. All right, and then our last news tidbit. Uh, Shannon, are you hearing rumors about Eric Bledsoe in Detroit? That's that's the rumor. I guess the, the best offer that the Suns have received were, was from Detroit, and it was Reggie Jackson and a first-round pick. And uh, <laughs> Whoa. They've been dangling Reggie Jackson to the entire league in legitimate trades, not even just like, hey, what do you think about Reggie Jackson? Like They've put proposed deals together, this is- and, and so many teams, like a handful, three-plus or three plus teams have passed on Reggie Jackson-focused trades. Reports, it's hilarious. Reports are this is a legit trade offer, and the Suns are just trying to find a third taker, a third team okay. to take on Reggie Jackson. Like So they'll essentially accept a first-round pick, for for Bledsoe, I don't know what kind of proje- protections that first round pick would have, but I okay. My question is: we know we know if Bledsoe goes to the Pistons and Jackson's gone, Bledsoe is going to be a great fantasy option. There's he no ar- doubt about he that. He already was, but yeah, yeah. like even he's going to be a better, better fantasy option because yeah. he's the no doubt lead guard for that team. Um, he'd play boatloads of minutes. But my my question is: does this trade make sense for the Pistons? No, 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 no. Go look on. at go look at the stats. Go look at the stats. Reggie, I'm dude, you talked to me two weeks ago. I hate Reggie Jackson. Yeah. But Reggie Jackson and Eric Bledsoe are very comparable players. They're both they're both okay point guards, not great distributors. They prefer to score first. Neither's a great three point shooter. The only edge is Bledsoe's better at defense. But I would actually argue they're they're the same age. They make almost the same money. Bledsoe's like two million less per year and one year less on his contract. I mean they're pretty equal when you look at everything uh, but i would also argue Bledsoe's overrated on defense has he ever made overrated. a team has he ever made a team better at defense look at the sun's horrible defense with their team well, is way better since the, he the, stopped playing for him the, the sun's gave up on bledsoe and bledsoe gave up on the sun's last year when they told him to go home when he was healthy uh, yeah. shannon opposing teams will be fearful and concerned that they're going to have to go up against a defensive backcourt of avery bradley yes, and bledsoe that is, that is awesome 
That is awesome. When they see Reggie Jackson and Bradley, they find ways to work around Bradley. Agreed. And so with Bledsoe on there, I think it makes you guys a lot stronger. Granted, you got you know you guys, you the Pistons, um, Pistons five and three, really good right now. But I think long term success, a backcourt of of Bledsoe and Bradley would be awesome. Okay, Ken. Per, per Shannon's point, he did say go see the stats. So uh, Reggie Jackson currently ranked forty fourth on Yahoo uh, through the season. Over 16 points, about four and a half rebounds, and six assists with 1.3 steals per game. Only two turnovers, not bad for a point guard, with nice percentages of over 45% and 92% from the stripe. Here's, okay? here's why I don't care, though. Reggie Jackson is one of the most selfish players in the league, and I really don't care about stats, specific stats with him, more team chemistry, on-the-court, off-the-court chemistry with Reggie Jackson. Don't you have the, the same factor. concerns about Bledsoe and the fact that he abandoned no. his team? No, he, his team abandoned him way before... <laughs> It, it it's all, a weird but, situation. You know, so, you guys have not mentioned. Neither of you though have mentioned Bledsoe's injury history. You know, I, well, I, Bledsoe has improved and he he can play. Jackson does have some. Yeah, too, they both right, have but, injury concerns. Um, now, but Ken, I guess the question is: Is the upgrade? I'm not. Are I, I agree that Bledsoe is a slight, a very slight upgrade over Reggie Jackson, but is that upgrade enough to give up a first round pick? First round pick, no. No, Not with the way I, I, don't, we're look- I don't like giving up the first round pick, especially it's going to be mid first round. I mean, right there. I mean, right. they're not going to be lottery, but they're not going to be any better than fifth or sixth in the East and right around, you know, 500. It should I, be between like 10 and 17. And again, we don't yeah. know what the prote- proje- proje- uh, protections are on it. But right. I, I, I for, as a Pistons fan, I can't get fully behind it. And, and I know other Pistons fans think I'm crazy. But this isn't this year's Reggie isn't last year's Reggie. Last year's Reggie was atrocious. This year's Reggie is more like the year before when the Pistons won forty five games. You had a motivated Reggie playing well, and that Reggie is nearly as good as Eric Bledsoe. Reggie had to have some humble pie this past off season, oh, yeah. and I oh, think yeah. it's showing in his play this year. Yeah, some of the scowls that uh, SVG has given him over over the years, though, like just lead me to believe that he's just done with him. Like some of the the, the way he looks at him and talks to him, like I think that SVG will give up a first round pick just to get rid of that guy. SVG well, came out, but that, the, but that doesn't make it any better a trade. I hear you. Right. You're right. Sure. SVP, you know, uh, uh, SVG could be so frustrated he he makes the move, but you don't make a move out of frustration, and you have to question the value received. I can see them making the trade. I don't think it's worth it, especially if you have to include a first round pick. That's fair all around fair all around all right gentlemen well hey if you're in detroit or other arenas nearby can we recommend seeky as a great way to buy tickets buying tickets is complicated and confusing but there is a better way SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long whether you're planning a day out with friends or searching for a last minute deal seeky helps you find the best seats at the best prices fully guaranteed uh, I know the three of us all have the SeatGeek app on our phone. And as we touched on last Friday, DJ, you used SeatGeek for quite a cool sports road trip last weekend. How'd that go? Yeah, last Saturday I had a great time with some, with some of my best buds, from, best buds from college. Went down to Champaign, Illinois, watched the Badgers beat the Illini, then headed up back to the city and saw the Thunder just destroy the Bulls. There's nothing quite like rolling your tailgate up um, at 8, 8 a.m., 
being like <laughs> six beers and six brats deep by by 9 a.m. Uh, when the snow is falling on you. It's pretty awesome. Uh, experience, of course, was made much better by SeatGeek for kind of uh, facilitating that whole day. Awesome day. Well, what I love is SeatGeek works just as well for college football as it does NBA basketball. Uh, they've got a great system that works for all sports and, frankly, music events. Anyway, please pay attention to this fantastic offer for listeners of the Rotowire Pod. New users get $20 off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code ROTONBA. That's R-O-T-O-N-B-A, all one word, uh, and get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. See it live with SeatGeek. Right seat, right now, right from your phone. All right, fellas, let's jump into the broader topic of the day, the meat of the podcast, if you will. If you will. That's our sell-high candidates. We're about eight games into the season on average for most NBA teams. Um, you know, Teams like the Orlando Magic are, are out there playing really, really good basketball. But it's just not possible. It's not possible for some of these players, some of these teams, to, to sustain their current rate of play. And therefore, here we are trying to figure out exactly who those players are that potentially you out there listening to us should you know, just put on your... Uh, uh, trade block and, and just see if anybody bites because their value may never be higher than it is right now. I'll kick things off. I mentioned the Orlando Magic, and I think perhaps the strongest name that we could possibly talk about is Evan Fournier. Um, so the Magic playing very, very well right now. Fournier is a big reason why, averaging 22 points, almost five rebounds, and almost four assists. Uh, Fournier's been in the league a while. You know, he's not going to surprise anybody. He's having a good eight, 10 game stretch right now. Uh, but Shannon, there's just just no way he can sustain this level of success, right? He was, he was tops on my list for sell high as well. He's, he's shooting 55% from the floor, 56% from downtown, 96% from the line. His career averages 45% from the floor, 39 from three point, and 80 from the line. It's unsustainable. He is shooting lights out right now. We've seen him have stretches like this in the past. It just so happened to coincide with the start of the season this year. You also have Alfred Payton, who's been out. So Fournier has been more of a facilitator. He's seen more playing time. Um, he's averaging a career-high 3.8 assists. Um, you know, I think the steals, 1.4 is a career-high, but that that is sustainable. But his, his shooting percentages are going to drop, and they're going to drop considerably. So once they get closer to his career norms, he's still a good player, still a top 80 player. But right now... Per season totals, he's top 10 in Yahoo Fantasy Basketball. If you can get a top 25, top 30 player, arguably a top 50 player in return for him, I think it's worth moving him. Oh, yeah. And and for a guard-eligible player to be shooting that from the field, shooting 55% from the field, you know, if you have Evan Fournier on your team, he was going so much later this year than he did last year. Last year, he was kind of a sleeper target, and, and this is kind of the year that was expected. You're probably winning your league if you have Evan Fournier on your team right now. His two blocks in the second or third game of the season with such a small sample size really vaults him up the rankings as well. Um, you know, Things will average out, and he'll get back down to that .1 or .2 blocks average per game, but just by the flukiness of him having two over the course of eight games, mm-hmm. his ranking so is deceivingly too high. Ken, are you, so sell, are you selling the, the Magic's wingman as well? Absolutely. That, you know, there's just no way that pretty boy haircut plays a rug at 82 games a year. I just cannot see it. 
<laughs> Ken, who do you have as as your one of your go to sell high candidates? At this I have a very season? similar player uh, who the sell high reasons might even be more concrete, which is Eric Gordon in Houston. The guy's uh, scoring twenty four a game, almost making four threes a game, uh, as well as three assists. Um, but the the big concrete reason is hey. Chris Paul's coming back, which we talked about at the beginning of the pod. So I think his stats are going to rage for the next four weeks, and then he's going to return to his uh, scoring off the bench. But there's just no way he's playing. He's playing 33 minutes a game. There's just that just is not going to continue when um, Chris Paul comes back. So uh, yeah, Gordon uh, top tops even Fournier to me as far as who you need to move now while they're hot. Yeah, coming off six man of the year, right? Uh, momentum is carried into the season. I've been surprised, especially from a veteran with such a lengthy injury history, to be just firing on all cylinders right when the season starts. You know, generally your veterans are going to ease into the season. Look at the Warriors, look at the Cavaliers. Um, but for whatever reason, Gordon is on fire. Um, just like Ken said, though, I'd, I'd sell now if you can. I've He's ranked on Yahoo. Uh, despite a preseason rank of 88, by the way. But Shannon, sorry, I cut you off. Who's no, your man? Right. Here's here's a veteran that, that's been playing better than expected, Thad Young for the Pacers. He's ranked mm. 45 based off season totals <clears throat> on Yahoo. He, his O rank was 118, so you know performed much better than anyone expected. He's playing 32 minutes per game. If you're able to get a top 100 player for Thad Young, I recommend doing it now. Shannon. We love that, Young. No, no, we don't. No, what? we don't. Listen, Miles Turner's coming back very soon. He's already, I believe he's already been ruled out for Friday's game. Double check that before making any roster moves. Um, but I believe Miles Turner's already been ruled out Friday. He will be returning soon. And if you haven't been paying attention to the Pacers, Sabonis has been playing out of his mind. McMillan's already come out and said he's going to play Sabonis more with Miles Turner moving forward. Future. And that's it's the future, yeah, right? It's all about the future. That means less minutes for Thad Young. Thad Young, his role, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's only playing like 25 or 26 minutes per game once well, and, Turner and, comes back. And how many rebounds are going to be available for Thad Young when Turner comes back? I mean, I know they played against each other last year, but Turner's minutes are up. Turner's the future. Sabonis is the future. Thad Young is that steady veteran that. I wouldn't be surprised if they moved Fab Young at the trade deadline, right? They got to be looking forward. I, I mean, that's okay. I, you know what? Honestly, Thad Young is the type of player that helps you out across the board. If he was only seeing 26, 28 minutes per game, I still think he might have top 125 relevancy because he shoots the three, gets blocks, gets steals. He only needs 25 minutes to make it happen. Here's, here's the big thing where I, I completely agree with you. There's a, there's a big, uh, there's a big you know, just hole missing um, from their normal rotation. That's, that's Turner especially. He's technically doubtful, which is 25%, but he's probably not going to play tonight, Shannon. They did. He did play one game this season, and that was against Brooklyn, October eighteenth, first game of the season. Um, Turner played, or uh, Turner played right, and Thaddeus Young still played thirty three minutes. Yes, that was be- that was before Sabonis's breakout. Okay. It's a different scenario yeah. now. Right. It was also against Sabonis, Brooklyn. also qualifying at center yes. on Yahoo, by the way, it, which is interesting. It, it was that Brooklyn game. You almost can just write it off because there were like a hundred or two hundred and seventy points scored in it. It doesn't even count. It's it's like the outlier. They had eighteen overtimes in that game. Yeah. Well, there's yeah, there's only been like five total scores now, in what, their game so far this season that were under a hundred. Not just them, but their opponent and them. I'll kick this right. one to you guys. We're gonna double up on the Pacers. Do you sell high on Darren Collison? I don't. Uh, he's a, no. he's an assist machine right now. That's your boy, Ken. 
<laughs> you mean collision? Yeah, Collison. No, I like Collison. I've always liked Collison. Um, they got uh, oh, uh, Corey, you know Corey, the career backup point guard. Joseph, help me out, Joseph. Thank you from Toronto. But you know Joseph is is always a backup guy. Every time he's had the opportunity for four minutes, he's disappointed. Uh, for more minutes, he's disappointed. So I think I think Collison steady. He's ranked twenty eighth at Yahoo. That's not going to maintain. But I think he's going to be a solid rank in the 40s point guard for the remainder of the season. 40s. That's nice. That's high. That's high. So you wouldn't trade Callison if you could get like rookie Ricky Rubio. Those or are really Alfred comparable. Payton off to him. hot starts. Mm-hmm. Alfred Payton would be at the bottom of those for me right yeah. now. I actually, I probably would trade Callison for, for Alfred Payton, but it's close. It, it just depends on us. And Callison, I mean, actually, it's interesting you being up Rubio, who's had, you know, all those troubles shooting. Look at um, I'm trying to pull up now Collison's uh, um, shot percentage over time has been pretty steady. Yeah. I mean he's shot 47, last 48, years, 47, 53 this year. Yeah, so uh, you know if you're going to make in particular that Collison for Rubio trade, you're going to take a hit in field goal percentage. All right. Which is the most extreme, extremely specific advice maybe we've given on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's maybe one person. For that, in that one position. person out there is taking notes. There you go. That was the greatest tidbit you'll ever hear on this now, podcast. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a different direction here and go with two guys who are both currently ranked in the top 50. Who I actually would not sell high on. I'm holding firm on these two, and I want to get your guys' take. Uh, Hollis Jefferson with the Nets and Stephen Adams for the Thunder. Both Adams ranks thirty third right now on Yahoo, and and House Jefferson is forty sixth. Are you selling high on those two? L- let me start with Adams. Uh, I oh. would keep Adams wherever you have him. He's the top fifty player right now, and I think he can continue to be. Major reason why is the Thunder have no depth at center right now. Uh, Canner's no longer there. Uh, I went to the Thunder game. I'm a Thunder fan. Some and of the guys that hit the court, I was like, who is that? It took me and like the whole game to realize Patrick Patterson was on the court, and I know who that guy is, but he just wasn't making an impact so Adams is going to be you know seeing the same amount of minutes in the same situation all season long Hollis and, Jefferson and DJ I'll add too their power forwards are not power forwards like Mello and right. Patterson are not power forwards which means Adams has to get all the rebounds yeah with with Adams I feel like I failed the fantasy community um, I was high on him last year um, and that was when Cantor was there yeah, I just thought there would be a bigger load that he would take on with, with Kevin Durant gone. We had to wait an extra year. We had to wait to can- for Cantor to leave town. That team has no depth, especially in the front court. There's no, there's no good center to come in and spell Adams. The only times when he's played under 30 minutes this year is in blowout games. He's going to get tons of run, and he's going to put up the best stat lines of his career this season. He is absolutely a top 40 or top 50 player. As a team, I'm not concerned. Because Patterson can play center. And, and when the playoffs come, just don't be surprised if you see uh, Mello and Paul George as the two guys in the front court. Just as a really, really small ball, it's entirely possible. What, you know, Is it plausible if they're going up against a legitimate power forward option? No, but uh, you never know what you might see with you know that amount of superstars. You can do a lot. Now, with Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. So totally agree about Adams. RHJ is a little bit different for me um, because we knew this production was possible for Adams. He was, he was right there, and he's taken uh, a leap, but not, 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 not a huge leap that we, we, we didn't think we could see from him. RHJ right now is taking this huge leap, which is awesome for him. He 
should continue seeing these minutes. But there's just no precedent for him being able to main, maintain this over the course of the season for that reason and that reason alone. Not as actually not as actual abilities as a player. I'm going to go ahead and trade high because I I just haven't seen it yet. I don't know if it's oh, possible. D- DJ, I respectfully disagree. One, they're they're not interested in giving Trevor Booker more minutes. The future's not Trevor Booker. Two. I think they deal DeMar Carroll, great veteran, but they're going to get value for him at the trade deadline, which will create even a thinner lineup and depth chart, more minutes for Hollis Jefferson. Uh, Hollis Jefferson is only, what is he, 22, 23. There's still plenty of upside. He's 22, sorry. Um, and then just, you know, I love the pace of play of Brooklyn. They are number one in possessions uh, per game at 109.5. Uh, a full possession plus over Phoenix at number two. So I think also just the pace of play stats are always going to be there for Hollis Jefferson. So um, just to put in comparison, <laughs> this is not e- – well, yeah, I guess this is fair. The guys that he's ranked up and down right around right now, DeMar DeRozan, TJ Warren, Brad Beal, Kyle Lowry, Wes Matthews, Yusuf Nurkic, um, you know, if I could – that I, nobody's going to trade you RHJ for any of those guys I just mentioned. but. Fair. You know, you might fool somebody into thinking that he's better than he actually is. I, I would trade for, you know, a comparable player based on current rankings. Again, I, I think he's going to slide down over the course of the season. So my, my takeaway in my argument, like, if you look at RHJ's line and you see, you see he's, he's kind of like Fournier where, where he's had a huge jump in percentages. But I actually think it's a legit jump, and that's because he's still a developing player. This is his first time. I mean, he played 22 minutes per game last year. He's seen more run this year. He's playing power forward more, so so that he's playing closer to the hoop. Um, that that's an explanation for why his his field goal percentages went from 44 to 51. Um, he's seen improvements at the line. Those are all just kind of natural progressions you'd expect to see from a young player coming into his own anyways. Fournier, we have that track record. We know what he's done. He's not going to make just all of a sudden make a sudden leap after five, six seasons in the league. But I think it's it's reasonable to expect this from RHJ going forward. I, it's I mean, about- DJ, I think you're also looking at the wrong stats or the wrong rankings. You know, with this early in the game and so few games, you got to look at it his ranking for average per game where he's more at 58. So he's with Kelly Oubre. He's with Tyreek Evans, uh, Sean Dinwiddie in Brooklyn, Ryan Anderson. You know, I would say in general, when looking at trade offers right now, remember to look at uh, averages per game rank, not uh, full season stats. And RHGA is actually, it's all about opportunity, right? He's going to continue to get opportunity. As Ken mentioned, they're not going to, they're not, they're not dying to give minutes to, t- to Trevor Booker. Um, I RHA is a weird case where he's going to get you good defensive stats and he's already providing that this year, you know, 2.3 stocks per game. Um, the 15 points per game is actually higher than I would have expected. Um, I think that comes down and you see the rebounds increase and you see the, the blocks and steals increase as well. And he, and he keeps his current value, if not slightly increases it because he's only playing 26 minutes per that could increase if the team decides to move Trevor Booker or, or do something else along those lines. All right, just one or two names left here. Um, I mentioned him early in the pod. Clint Capella is not somebody I'm selling ma- to sell high on. I just want to talk about whether you guys think um, that perhaps you should sell high on him. Shooting 70% from the field right now. That's a major reason why he's way up on the um, old rankings. Uh, attempting about eight 
eight shots per game. So shooting that high at that many attempts is, again, going to help you out tremendously in that one category. Another major reason is averaging almost or just over 11 rebounds, 13 points, 1.6 blocks. I know that Houston's a little bit different, and all the focus is going to be on Harden. It's going to be on Gordon, and it's going to be on Chris Paul when he comes back, which is going to leave a lot of bunnies for Capella, as we've already seen. I don't know if I'm willing to consider Clint Capella a top 50 fantasy option because I think if you look at averages or totals, Ken, in this case, he's going to be a top 50 player, and I would pretty much rather have any other player that's a bona fide top 50 over the last couple seasons than Clint Capella. Well, also, he's getting he, he somehow has lucked into some slightly better free throw shooting when he was a nightmare 53 percent last year. He's at 78 percent. I don't that doesn't possibly I, I think the field goal percentage is a much higher chance of staying up versus the free throw percentage. And they should hack the heck out of him. But Capel is also kind of in that Steve Adams role, too, where Ryan Adams isn't a true power forward. Uh, he's a good musician, though. <laughs> Adams Anderson, that's the name I screw up today. That's terrible. That cuts like a knife. That cuts like a knife. Oh well. Put it on the list. Sorry. He's Ryan Anderson is not exactly a true power forward, lingering at the three point line too often. So Capella's rebound numbers, much like Adams, they have to rely on him to get all the boards. But I don't there's no way the free throw percentage stays at seventy eight percent. Yeah, that's that's my concern too with Capella is the free throw percentage. I mean he he shot fifty three percent last year, thirty eighth the year before. He's up to seventy eight percent this year. I, I I mean it depends. Do you believe that that can increase? He's a young player who should be who should be getting better in certain facets of the game. So yes, I, I would expect an increase in free throw percentage, but that not that high of a jump. I mean, we've seen a similar jump from Andre a more drastic jump actually from from Andre Drummond, and that's why his value's top twenty so far this year. I'm okay. It depends on where you value uh, Capella. I uh, he was he was valued around top fifty or sixty heading into drafts in most most formats. So I'm okay considering him a fifty top fifty value, top sixty value, and keeping him at that. But on Yahoo, based on totals, total stats, he's like a top fifteen player right now. Yeah. If you're able to trade him for a top twenty five guy, I absolutely oh, do yes. it. Okay. I absolutely do it. But if you're talking about someone who had comparable value in the draft. We might as well just hold on to Capella. There's still more upside because he's only playing 25 minutes per game. You know, given that team's roster construction, there's room for those minutes to grow. And if he gets up to 30 minutes, his stat line's going to be insane. If you guys don't mind, I'll wrap things up with this. Now, all the guys we talked about, we can go back and forth on whether or not you should trade trade them or sell high on them. Regardless of who we talked about and what decisions we came to, it's always worth just throwing them on the trade block because there might yeah. be somebody out there who overvalues him. They only look at the current season stats. Maybe they just got yep. into NBA fantasy. They don't know. It's I- always worth throwing these guys on the trade block because you never know what's going to be offered in return. So with that, spoiler alert, fantasy basketball fans, basketball is back, which means FanDuel is back. Three FanDuel players right here. Of course, it's for the everyday fan. There are new contests starting every day, which means no busted seasons. Lots of contests to choose from starting at just $1. You just pick a contest, select your players, and watch your score in real time. It's pretty much how I know Shannon and I and and Ken, maybe to a little bit of a lesser degree, spend pretty much every single one of our nights as we watch those scores rack up. Over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special here at Rotowire, 
for new users. Sign up today at fanduel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit fanduel.com slash RW, void where prohibited. Ken, take it away here. <laughs> Yay, FanDuel. All right, yes, time for huh, my crazy old man rant, which today is about centers. Suddenly, everyone is a center. These are centers in Yahoo right now. Kevin Love, Marquise Chris, Ryan Anderson, Kristaps Porzingis, Paul Millsap. Somewhere, Artis Gilmore is throwing up a little bit in his mouth, and Wes Unsell's <laughs> kicking his dog, and they don't know why. Today's centers, oh, they're so pretty. They like to shoot the corner three and dribble the ball up. No, they're supposed to be like eight foot ten, seven hundred and fifty pound genetic freaks in prison. They're the guys with the shank that enforce things in the yard. That's who centers are. <laughs> oh, the NBA is getting so pretty. We want real centers. Rick Mahorn, punch someone. That and was that's the- today's crazy old man rant. I'm sorry I stepped on the end, but that, I was just so excited to say that was e- probably easily your best old man rant ever. Um, wow. All right. Wow. I'm cooling off here. I need, I need a cold a glass. Well, uh, a gla- wow. That's how hot I am. I need a, a glass of cold water right now. Let's go into our Friday FanDuel picks. I'm going to kick things off here. You have the Wizards, the up-and-coming Wizards. They feel like you know there's some, there's some momentum here for this team. They're playing really well. They've got some lineup combinations to choose from. Markeith Morris will come back and make his season debut. He's only going to play 15 or 16 minutes coming off that abdomen and the one-game suspension. They're rolling. They got things going. Most importantly, I'm going to go with John Wall tonight. Um, they're motivated to be the top dogs in the East. But Cleveland has perennially had the worst point guard defense in the league basically since the second iteration of LeBron in Cleveland. Even though the Cavs are considered really good, for whatever reason, they have just been giving up so many points to point guards. That was Kyrie Irving-influenced um, the last few years, and now it's basically a combination of Calderon, Dwayne Wade, um, Derek Rose influence. So it's still very true. Whenever a bona fide point guard comes through Cleveland, um, I'm usually riding them on FanDuel, Shannon. No, I mean, it's a good play. It's a good play. They're, the games I'm targeting, and, and Cleveland Washington's got 220 over under. It's going to be a high scoring affair. Um, any, pretty much any player from there. If you're, you know, Markeith Morris's return is going to impact Kelly Oubre the most. Um, Oubre's been seeing significant run all season. Um, that's going to drop because you're going to have Porter slide back down to and play primarily at three while Morris is at the four. It's only for 15 minutes tonight, but I think those 15 minutes almost come directly out of Oubre's minutes. It's not going to impact Porter or, or Beal or Wall too much. They might get two less shots per game, um, but Oubre's the guy to avoid now that Morris is back. Um, so that's a good game target. Indiana Philadelphia is also at 220. We've got the the Rockets and Hawks 213. Um, but the game, the highest game of the night, Brooklyn. At I LA. knew you were going there, baby. Brooklyn You're at LA. My thunder, but go ahead. It's always every week we're going to be talking about Brooklyn games, and every single DFS player should be looking at who is Brooklyn playing tonight. Who is Brooklyn playing? Amen. I'm just so echoing. Anyone literally. from those? Anyone from those? From that game? If you've, you've got Lonzo Ball coming up, coming off a complete dud of a night where he didn't score a single point, I don't care. Give me some Lonzo Ball tonight, <laughs> Brooke, DJ. Oh. I mean, we, we, Shannon. We've also got two core rules of oh, this yes. podcast going for one player tonight. 
a DJ rule and a Shannon rule. Mm. Number one, yes, who's playing Oakland? The other rule, revenge game. D'Angelo Russell. And Brooklyn. Revenge game. I love a revenge game. Hey, guess what? You guys have three days rest coming into this. I'm actually so – I love that game, but I'm leaning a little more to uh, the Nets because they've had three days rest coming into this where the Lakers played last night in Portland. So love D'Angelo Russell, 7,500. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Russell. Brooke Lopez, revenge game. Brooke Lopez finally oh. signs wife last night, and, and I think he comes up big. Well, we already mentioned the answer's out. Brooke Lopez had his best game of the season last night. He's going to be going up against his old team, the Nets, tonight. He's only 5,200 on FanDuel. He's super risky, but I'm taking that risk. Well, wait a minute, though. If, as far as the rent, uh, Lopez could be worth playing, but is it really a revenge game? Like, didn't they do him a favor getting him out of Brooklyn to L.A.? To L.A.? Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're uh, both horrible. He's not uh, going to be a part of the rebuild. So he's we'll from see. he's from California. So, or, well, went to school there. I don't know if he's actually from. You guys didn't even mention the best part is that this is easily the game we should target. We should have more players in this game than any other game tonight. Right, and guess what? Hey. The most expensive player in this game is seventy five hundred dollars, which means right. that you can basically these players can be your fill in, and then the rest of the players you get are going to be bona fide stars in other games. Like this is a really interesting Fanduel night. But guess what? You know, we're experts, but this is a pretty obvious one to us. We're wondering if the general public is going to be keyed into this, too. You would think ownership rates are going to be pretty high, but there's so many likable players. It might be spread out to a point um, where you're still going to like your ownership rates because there's so many guys to like in this game. No, you're right. You're right, DJ. And that's why you can't forget about the other games that are 220 points or more. So you've got Phoenix and New York. We've got Cleveland and Washington, like we talked about. Um, Indiana, Philadelphia. So some of some of the mainstays, some of the guys we always talk about, like Oladipo, or we mentioned Sabonis earlier, uh, Demar Carroll for 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 Brooklyn, T.J. Yeah. Warren coming off a monster sixty point fantasy outing. Uh, those those are all guys who are in high scoring games tonight. Where you really, I think the lineups Wednesday night was insane. One of the highest scoring nights I've ever seen on FanDuel. Um, I don't know if it'll approach those levels of epicness, but we're going to have a really high-scoring night tonight as well. The ultimate. Guys, I have a question. I have a question more so than a suggestion. Thoughts on Enos Cantor if Kristaps Porzingis doesn't play tonight? Don't they have to go to Cantor to score? Yes. Willie Hernan Gomez, but yeah, I can't to score to yes. score right to score. It's it's all Cantor, and that's pretty sad. Hardaway uh, Hardaway and Cantor would get a nice uptick if uh, Porzingis is out. Yeah, most definitely. All right, fellas, this has been a great pod. Before we get out of here, K-Train, you mispronounced SVP instead of SVG. That's okay. SVP is everywhere right now. I understand. Yeah. In your Seep Geek read, uh, you you started things off with Seep Geek. Um, And then you said (laughs) Ryan Adams. I was hoping you didn't hear that one. Yeah. My apologies (laughs) to our fantastic sponsor. It was pretty obvious because the second time around, you you said it really slow and hard. Seat Geek. Seat our good friends who we do love. We love SeatGeek. I, I, I apologize. SeatGeek, we don't know about. That, that, that's rogue. And then Ryan Adams and, and instead of Ryan Anderson. On, on top of the Ryan Adams, he then made a Brian Adams quote, cuts like a knife. <laughs> oh, you're so, right. A double whammy. Double oh, whammy. you're right. Uh, you're absolutely right. Oh, that's terrible. And I'm a Ryan Adams fan, which is sad. <laughs> and I still made a Brian Adams cheesy. I went for the cheese. Yeah. Oh, maybe one of my worst. Because there weren't even, you know, the international names you can kind of give me a pass for. Oh, yeah. These were all solid, easy to pronounce. 
standard regular names that yep. I butchered. White white American guy names, Ryan's, Stan's. <laughs> Anyways, thanks so much for joining us on the Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by FanDuel. Hope you had as much fun as we did. Ken, get us out of here. Our outro quote comes from another 13-year NBA vet, Antoine Walker, who when asked by a reporter, Antoine, how come you shoot so many threes? Walker replied, because there ain't no fours. Attention, passengers. This three-car fantasy train has hit the end of the line. <gasps> Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.